Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. And Lauren Honigman, he joins us now. Hello, Lauren Honigman. Hello, Alex Pearson. Well, every, well, every well. Every week when we get together, every couple of days. <laughs> I know. I... It's just unbelievable. It really is unbelievable, you know, to, I, to the I, point I where I don't actually that. believe it. How yeah. about that? <laughs> I, I don't want to keep throwing that word around. But, unbelievable. But it is. Yeah. It is. So we, we spoke late last week, and then, of course, after we speak, uh, Gerald Butts decides to resign. Mm-hmm. And, and took a walk in the snow just because. Well, and and you know what I I, I think that there, there's a there's an important legal aspect to this, and I, I I'm sure you. Well, there's like a uh, hundred. Yeah. Like I don't even know where to start. So okay, he he's gone. Um, and well, let's talk about just let's stop right there. Yeah. And let's just start there about the 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 potential legal reason for that. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's buried inside his his statement. It's it's one sentence, and it, it is my reputation is my responsibility, and that is for me to defend. Mm-hmm. And I think again speculation, but if he wants to defend his reputation vis-a-vis a lawsuit against anybody who may impugn his reputation, call him whatever, and he wants to bring some sort of uh, legal proceeding on his behalf, he's saying, I can't do that while I'm inside the, the prime minister's eye. He could. It's a good thing he blocks me on Twitter then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing for you. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but no, but I think that that's, that, that's something that perhaps he, he's looking down the road and he's sending the message out there that he's, my reputation is my responsibility and that's for me to defend. Okay, but on the flip side, he's no longer protected by parliamentary privilege. No, he's not protected by privilege. He's not protected by a few things. Yeah. But, but certainly, I think that um, th- that may have been a message there that, that he will vehemently. Uh, uh, vigorously, vigorously defend his reputation uh, if there are any allegations, uh, you know, because it, it's a nonsensical resignation in mm-hmm. many ways, isn't it? It's right. like, I did nothing wrong. I see nothing, I hear nothing, I did I'm, nothing. I'm resigning. So, yeah. so that's where I think, so that to me was the, the very interesting legal aspect oh, I think there's what he was doing. I think there are many, many legal aspects. And so, and I'll get to the SNC case in yes. just a second, but so here you've got Jody Wilson-Raybould, who now has to talk to her lawyer tonight because they want her to appear at this, you know, closed-door meeting justice committee with no actual witnesses, and they don't even know if they'll waive her privilege. Right. So I don't know what they're going to ask her well, other than, like, who does your it, hair? That, that this is the other part of it that's bothered me in question period. Right. What a waste of time. Each member, starting with Sheer. Asking, will you let her? Will you waive privilege? Will you waive privilege? Will you, will you waive privilege? And then, and then the acting attorney general now says, "Well, I'm looking at it, and I'm." <laughs> can I tell you something? In law, Alex, 
there is a tremendous argument to be made that he has already waived privilege. We call it a deemed waiver, an implicit waiver. He already has talked a bit about the discussions by by Trudeau coming out on various points and saying, yeah, we had this discussion and that didn't happen. That's called a deemed waiver. Do you know that if you're in a discovery, Alex, in in a simple civil lawsuit and somebody says, well, uh, my lawyer told me not to do A, B, and C. The other side can ask for the entire lawyer's file and make the argument, well, we want all the advice he gave you. Right. So this is... This is driving me crazy about, well, we got to look at this very carefully. There's an implied waiver there, and she can now answer any questions to the specific part about what has been waived, i.e., was she pressured to intervene? Okay, but you're assuming, and we are assuming, that it's only one case. I mean, we have to factor in the Mark Norman case, which you know, is already playing out. It's not getting nearly as much attention, but I I would have to think that her lawyer and and her team are making sure that there was nothing untoward that happened in that case that she can be dragged into. I mean, there's a whole bunch of matters that they would be looking into. You know, was she called in to to look into the Danforth matter? Did she she meddle or did she play a hand in in, in silencing up uh, the Vanita, whatever? But but I, and I I understand, but (laughs) dealing simply with the former attorney general and dealing simply with the most important question, was there inappropriate pressure applied? An argument is easily made, easily made, I'd even go that far, that there's already been a deemed waiver by the Prime Minister with respect to that part of the case. Well, yeah, but this is politics. Yeah, it's politics. This is the political game, and they're all playing it right now, and she's waiting for them to, I mean, she's basically just letting them dig their own hole. I mean, it's crazy to me, but would you say, if I were your client, let's say I was your Jody Wilson-Raybould, would you be sending me into a cabinet meeting, an emergency cabinet meeting, to sit with my former cabinet uh, well, that mates was, that and was very, very strange, wasn't it? I, 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 I would, I, you know, and and listen, she's getting legal advice, and God knows she's getting it from someone who is is a much, much more esteemed legal mind than yours truly. We got a former. Uh, You're saying he's former... smarter than both of us. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Maybe not maybe. together. Maybe separately, but not. <laughs> but any, you know. So so you're right. There there is a political aspect here because I cannot believe for right. one second that that the only reason that that uh, uh, Jody Wilson Raybould isn't speaking about this is because there's a very complicated uh, privilege issue here. I don't think it's complicated at all. It's a political reason. Yeah. And then her going into this meeting today, and then she came out and she she's talking to the media for a few seconds and says, I, I'm still talking to my talk. lawyer. Yeah, it's a long conversation. They charge by the hour. you got to talk yeah. quickly. But here's the thing. The whole time that this is all going yeah. on on Parliament Hill, a Montreal judge is throwing out the case against the former SNC-Lavalin exec that this whole thing is, like, based on. So right. what does that tell you? Does I mean, they're using the Jordan. This Jordan ruling is becoming our worst nightmare. Every case in the country is being thrown out because of it. Well, but, but, but this was, this was if if you believe that delay, right. and I know you and I... W- w- well, I'm just wondering if the prosecution purposely delayed it, well, and, and if this is, like, the new game in town... Well, look at you, you. Remember what what the the Jordan decision says that if you're in if you're in the superior courts in a province, right. you got to get to trial within thirty months. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was sixty four months, mm-hmm. and you look at it and you go, okay, out of that sixty four months, how much can be contributed to any delay caused by by the defendant? And I think in this case, there was only ninety nine days of those sixty four months. Uh, so. 
So they, they threw it out on reasonable delay. Charges going back to 2000 and what, 14? So in other words, uh, the, the, the uh, well, I don't know if game, this is the problem though is that there's doubt now in the process. This all may be done by the books and it yeah, just happened. But again, about it now cuz everything's doubted. Wasn't there another case yes. that was thrown out for delay yes. last week? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The optics so. are terrible. Yeah. So if I'm like paranoid with tinfoil on my head, I'm going, "Okay, so let me get this straight. She resigns last week, they put a new AG in." Uh, and on the same day that they're kind of having this emergency meeting, the guy from Lavalin gets the charges thrown out. And she, what, now she's going right. to get back into cabinet next week? And what, the AG did the dirty work and now he's going to go away? I mean, I don't know what's going on. I just know it looks and right, smells right. And like, like you said, everything could have done been exactly done by by the legal letter uh, in Quebec uh, but like, but in the in the climate of what we're dealing in right now, it it is everything is tainted. Everything has that that taint to it now, and that's the problem with all. Of it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I got to talk about this case, I, a couple of these cases. Uh, the man accused of, of killing two people in the Eaton Center in a shootout more than six years ago has been found guilty this time of two counts of manslaughter, manslaughter. five counts of aggra- aggra- aggravated assault. You understand why? Uh, this case. So this guy has been in the courts since I was covering the courts. This guy right. is no, like, gem. Um, right. and, and I know I get it. His, his defense lawyers, <laughs> uh, Lauren, tried to argue that, uh, you know, he had... Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And, 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 listen, and the Crown's own expert did not disagree that there was a post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. disorder aspect, a dissociative state. Well, that when you're a gangbanger, that's the risk you but, take. But now, listen, the, the jury, the, the, the defense was looking for a not criminally Yes, I, I almost fell out of bed, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the jury didn't agree, so they found a very important compromise, if you will, and they found him guilty of manslaughter. Mm. Manslaughter meaning that there, he, he committed an illegal act a crime that resulted in death, but didn't have the requisite intent. He's probably going to get out. The, 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 he's probably going to get time served. That's uh, no, the thing. I don't think it'll be. He, no. They gave him seven years. He's been in for a while. How? Yeah. Well, he. Oh, that's right. Because he was been in for a while. He was yeah. charged, mm-hmm. and then in f- 2015, sentenced to life in prison, and that. That's right. And that that uh, that tri- that verdict was set aside on appeal. I mean, there was a boy shot. You know, yeah. he's collateral damage in this thing. I, I'm sorry. If, if we've got, like, arguments now of, like, gangbangers using the defense of not criminally responsible, I've literally, <laughs> we've totally lost it as a, as a civilized nation. I don't, think, I don't think this will set the precedent for everyone to come out and use the defense. No, I certainly, because I don't buy this guy's act. I, know I, just you, don't, I, know, I don't. I know you worry about these precedents being set. I do, but I yeah. also know that I had to cover his cases. So I'm like, is everyone buying this gobbledygook? Because I'm not, but I'm just, a, I'm a bit cooler than the, the average person. Yeah, you're, that was the word I was looking for. Cooler, yeah. yeah. Not, <laughs> not in the Fonzie way. No. Um, and then there's this case, you know, where Global News obtained this video, this video statement of this guy, this fentanyl mule, who admits on tape that he's a drug mule. This is that fentanyl case out of Western uh, BC, I guess, where the cops found 20, 27,000 fentanyl pills. Now this, and then, this one I can understand. A little more of your um, of your anger. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Because this is just for our audience. Hold on, I got to explain to the audience because yeah. they don't know that this is the case where the BC judge tossed the whole thing out because the dog didn't sit. They had to acquit. They said right. his we charter challenges were, yeah. were 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 um, bungled and and whatever. But I'm looking at this guy's statement, and here's a guy basically laying out how the fentanyl trade works in Western Canada, and he yeah. walks. It's crazy to me. 
Yeah, and I'm I think I'm wondering whether or not the Crown is going to appeal this because remember, <laughs> even though you find a charter violation, uh, a judge still has to make a decision under under the charter as to whether or not the administration of justice would be put into disrepute, notwithstanding the charter violation. And and what we didn't know when you and I first talked about this and what you're telling everyone, uh, and they could, they could go on the Global News website because it's unbelievable to hear the interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, he provides massive amount of information. Everything but the, the names. Yeah, and and you know, and and now this gets all thrown out. So it's interesting why the judge may have tossed it, and and maybe the police will will appeal. Mm. Uh, or I should, sorry, the crown will. Appeal they have this. to. This can't set precedent. Well, well the, the, <laughs> <laughs> me and my know, precedent. It, it, it's a very important case because this case is important. Yeah. It talks about what happens when you have a charter violation with respect to. Uh, illegal or what's found to be illegal search and seizures and whether or not the evidence should still be allowed in, notwithstanding the charter violation. So, you know, we, every every drug cop out there now is going to be like, Toto, sit. Like, sit. <laughs> like, honestly, it's such an insult because we've had so many fentanyl deaths and here you've got a guy who gives everything. This guy, you know, and I get that he was desperate and he needed money, but please, that guy walks on a charter challenge like that? Nonsense. Well, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see if it stands. Mm-hmm. All right. I got to go. Okay. I'm, who knows I'm what we'll sure talk about I'm... next week, but it'll be good. No, yeah. Or maybe by, <laughs> who's, every day. Every day. <laughs> well, she is supposed to appear tomorrow, so who knows what she'll not say. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. That is Lauren Honickman, who you can listen to as we break things down. Of course, of late, I've had to bring him in a whole bunch of times because we've just got so much stuff to talk about. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.